Hi, welcome back to Rebuilders. My name is Liddy and today Mark is chatting with Terry Walling. Terry has been a longtime friend of Red Church and an even longer time friend and mentor of Mark Sayers. He just provides such rich and deep insight into what it looks like for a leader to go through a time of transition and experience crisis. So what better person to chat to at this time? We hope you enjoy his discussion with Mark. Terry Walling, uh, fantastic to have you with us on the Rebuilders podcast uh, and uh, wanted to just check in and uh, you're currently in California. What is it like currently in California? Well, we're in the uh, fourth, I think entering our fifth week of stay in place. So uh, California itself, because of social distancing, I don't think has experienced quite what um, others have experienced. LA has been kind of bad, but San Francisco has been really uh, missed a lot of it. So kind of praising God for that. But uh, actually in the fifth week, uh, because of my age and stuff like that, I've had to really stay in place. And the reality is I am going crazy. So it's stir crazy time (laughs) here in California, but we are trying to uh, fight the worst of us and uh, play our part. So we're doing okay. Been praying for you guys. I know you've been praying for us. Uh, thank you. We appreciate that. Well, it's hopefully we can um, deal with some of that stir craziness uh, by uh, <laughs> chatting and uh, yeah, leverage that stir crazy for the audience. Um, one of the yeah. things that you're really, um, uh, I think, you know, an expert in um, is understanding the role that transitions play um, in growing us um, in the making yep. of leaders. And um, I'd love to dig into what actually transitions look like in a time of COVID-19 where there's been this shock. But before we get there, um, I just would love you to explain to the audience why are transitions and these sort of wilderness moments so important to the life of a leader? Well, the the real truth is without transitions, we're not going to move forward. There will come a point in time when we're all actually comfortable enough or fearful enough about the future that we'll want to stay put. So without transitions, we don't keep moving, no matter who you are. And the reality is God uses transitions in a significant way as he shapes each one of us uh, to our unique and ultimate contribution. So without transitions, we would be stuck. And God uses transitions probably more than any other time to shape who we are, clarify our values, deepen our convictions, draw us deeper, closer to him. Um, they are probably the most important time of shaping in an individual's lives. So um, part of what we've discovered as we work with leaders is that a lot of times leaders want out of a transition or individuals want out of a transition, but really the the posture should be to lean into a transition because God does some of his greatest work during a transition. Mm. We have uh, lots of young leaders listening, and I know yep. that um, particularly when you're a younger person, a younger adult who are stepping into leadership, there yep. is, uh, I think, a, a cultural pressure to step away from that which is difficult or pain is bad. You know, um, yeah, just talk, I guess, into that sense that what what does it look like when a leader walks away from a transition or resists a transition? Well, what typically happens to each of us in a transition is there's a deeper shaping. Uh, work in our lives. And what causes an individual to make a difference is they start actually discovering 
that the deeper work God does in my life is actually the key to the greater work God can do through my life. So especially when you're in the first part of the journey, you want God to use you, but it feels completely in reverse that he would use difficult, painful moments to actually produce that. But the reality is we learn some of our deepest convictions, our deepest values, in oftentimes the things that are hard, not the things that we kind of elevate and want everyone to see. It's, it's those moments when we are not in control and it's those moments when we're dependent that God actually sharpens and, and kind of creates a new sense of understanding of what's important, uh, why is it he's made us, and ultimately what is it that he wants us to do. So when a leader backs away, they're actually now working against what God's trying to do. And even though no one likes pain, no one likes the moment we're in right now, nobody, nobody enjoys that sense of isolation, it's actually in that place where God does uh, an incredible shaping work. If you back away and you resist, here's the honest truth. It will come back around again. And God will actually create moments for you to get after the things he has for you. And if you resist him now, he'll come back to it later. So that's why the axiom is get all you can out of a transition as hard as it is so that you can get what you need in order to move into what he has for you in the future. How, are there biblical examples of leaders in the Bible who go through that moment? Oh, I mean, they're all over the place. If you just see it, I mean, the classic one is Peter. Uh, Do you love me? Asked um, of Peter three times. I actually think what really is going on there is Jesus is looking Peter in the eye and say, Peter, do you trust me? Because Peter was in the in-between moment right before Jesus left. And that moment where Jesus asked him, do you love me? Peter was in the midst of a transition. He couldn't go back to what he once was, even though he wanted to and tried to by going fishing the morning before, but he didn't know which way forward. And that's the problem. A lot of times when we don't know which way forward, we go back to where we've been, even if it's bad, because it's known. But transitions take us to a place we do not know We'll build our trust, and, and Peter's example, along with Joshua, along with Abraham, along with Moses, along with Paul, over and over again, you see these in-between moments when God is actually taking someone to a new place, but you need this time in-between for him to, it's almost like you empty the backpack, he puts more new things into it so you can move into uh, what's next. Without the transition, Pete, and without that really defining moment with, with Jesus, Peter would have himself probably wandered back. But Jesus looked him in the eye and said, trust me, Peter, I'm taking you uh, to a new place. Mm. So what's really unusual about this moment is I think that leadership uh, transition happens to lots of leaders in their lives. I can think of many yeah. times in my own life, and I'm sure people yeah. listening can. What's really unusual about this moment is it's happening to a lot of people at the same time. Exactly. And exactly. in talking to lots of different leaders, 
um, we began 2020. And if you're a leader, lots of leaders had plans. We had a playbook. Oh, uh, we had goals. Plans. Wonderful plans. Incredible <laughs> goals. Yes, that would have been, Amer- just changed the us world. Americans, especially us Americans, we were going to save the world twice before 2020 <laughs> is over. Absolutely, absolutely. So lots of um, people are probably at this moment now where it's like, hang on, my playbook has just gone out the window. Yeah. The planner yeah. has been thrown in in the garbage. And um, so there's this sense of uh, confusion and I think fear yeah. Um, yeah. when a moment comes like this. Um how do people react to a moment like this? Like I've seen, there are some people who are like, oh, I'm just going to keep going like it was the season before, yep. almost in denial. Yep. Others are gone into fear. Others are reacting. How, how do leaders react at a moment like this? Typically, there's about three reactions. A lot of leaders are hard chargers. So they immediately, they'll hit an in-between period of time like this, and they immediately feel like they're called to spring into action. They've got to solve it. They've got to get this done. They've got to, all these things they've got to care um, care for. So especially entrepreneurial, hard driving leaders, all of a sudden push the accelerator and, and just take off and trying, and trying to solve it. The second thing I see with a lot of leaders is they'll actually try to recreate what we, what we once had and try to assure people that see nothing's really changed because I'm giving you the similar um, look, I'm giving you the similar activity we used to do. Uh, Yeah, it's been disrupted, but see our security is I can recreate what once was. So that's the second thing I see in leaders' lives. And the third thing that I do see is almost the what I call the Elijah syndrome where they go hide in the cave. Uh, They'll see other people cutting it, really breaking through, doing stuff, and they feel like at that moment in time, they don't have what it takes, and they actually kind of just go inside, and they don't know how to respond. And those three responses, uh, you can see not only uh, today, but biblically in the lives of of individuals, you know, Peter taking the sword and cutting the ear off. Um, you can you can see Elijah hiding in the cave. You 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 can actually almost see Moses trying to always uh, create the familiar, and and all three of those actually take us to places that um, cause us to listen to the wrong voices because transitions are about voice recognition. Transitions are about the great shepherd. Who, who has said, my sheep know my voice and follow, transitions are about not actually moving into your natural abilities or your instincts or understanding even what others are, are wanting and doing. It's actually, what is, the, what is the master doing right now? What's the king doing? What's he saying? Uh, more than any other thing, this is a time to be still and know that he's God and be able to recognize his voice in a new, fresh way, which really means alignment, allowing him to strip away the things that he wants to strip away and being able to recognize the fact that as he's leading, he is actually taking the sheep to a new pasture. So Jesus, how do I follow your voice, not all the other voices? 
I don't know if I got to it. There's but, so much in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, that's great. There's so much in there. I'd love to pull a couple of those things apart. I think the first thing is um, a leader listening to this who is I'm identifying with so many of those responses which I just heard you outline, maybe one of them or all of them simultaneously, right. you know, right. wanting to conquer this and, and live stream yep. everything and then yep. running yep. to the cave and all that. Right. Um, and then they hear that. I think many people hearing that voice recognition um, advice will go, yes. How does someone go about starting that? Um, and what's interesting is this time, it's this real combination I've noticed of busyness, but then also yeah. non-busyness. It's bizarre. It's like busyness plus stir crazy. It's it really is. weird. Yeah. So yeah. What, what would you say to someone who's like, okay, how do, I, I'm in Terry. How do I develop yeah. better voice recognition? Yeah, yeah. I think one of the first things that you have to do is to, to remember something. God shapes us through people events and circumstances the reason this whole virus thing is so powerful it's involving all of us it's involving a whole life event and it's a circumstance that's global so this is big it's all three at once so i think the first thing a leader needs to say is you are at work not causing this, but using this. This, this is what he does. He uses these moments. So first, it's just a simple acknowledgement. And then the second thing, it's, it's, a, it's actually then an act of surrender. I wanna know what you're doing even more than all the things I think I should do. Hmm. That's the second thing. And remember, the prize of a, of, a, of a surrender is revelation. Then when he begins to speak, it's having the courage to align to the point where all of a sudden he can strip away, burn off, and actually use even brokenness to start to reveal who he really is. Mm -hmm. so, the, so the third thing is, is now, now, God, as you talk, you want a different kind of people. What does that first mean? Not for everyone else, for me. Mm. And then after I start the process of allowing him to be uh, deeper work in me, it's almost like what we find in the Beatitudes of being poor in spirit. Once I've stripped down and, and allowed him to start doing it, then it's believing on the final step that God's work is good. And now watch this, Mark. This is the key. And that he is the prize, not the answer I'm seeking. Come on. Oh, wow. Come on. <laughs> Expl whole, go deeper into that. That is profound. The whole prize of this moment is not getting the answers, but recognizing who we're following. Wow. If we can better recognize who we're following, we will be okay in the future. But if we're chasing an answer, we are too prone to run to a quick fix. He wants a different church on the other side of this. I'm absolutely convinced talking to leaders around the world. That is not the question. The question is, how bad do we want to know and to be a part of that and recognize that we are not in control, 
and that he is the one we're seeking, not answers to our problem. And that, and that's really, I mean, what's, what I found interesting is Andrew Sullivan, the columnist, he, I think he writes in the New York magazine, he wrote something the other day and just the first line got me. It said, one thing that plagues do is they humble us. And, Absolutely. Um, there's a sense where, uh, you know, what I'm, what I'm reading, for, so what I'm hearing and what you're saying is there's a sense where in a non-plague time, we can yeah. push into our proficiency. We can push Absolutely. into skills that we develop. Absolutely. So we can end up leading from those places. And if you've got a good program, if you've got a, a big church, yeah. if you've got a successful ministry, but what's been fascinating is so many of these things are taken away and yes. there's a humbling happening. Um, you said a comment to me a, a few weeks ago when we were just talking um, as this was hitting, which I'd love to, to um, elaborate on for our listeners, was that all that's left, everything's been, you said something like everything's been taken away. The platforms have been taken away. All that is left is spiritual authority. Exactly. I'd love you to talk into that. And what's the difference between spiritual authority and other forms of leadership? Yeah. 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 Um, it, it, it kind of boils down to this. Uh, you know, the stage was taken away and the platform was taken away and all the things we did was taken away and everything almost, uh, even now is still stripped away, even though we've got services back up on the internet and all that kind of stuff. But the bottom line is all of our natural abilities got reduced to rubble and we couldn't do a thing. So now how does somebody lead? How does somebody execute influence when every we're told just to sit still? I mean, what is the key to leadership because leadership is not position. See, then when position ceases, all of a sudden we wonder what's my identity. And, and when all these things that we put our value in because we could perform them, we're not doing them anymore. Well, then what's the very essence of this thing? What the very essence of this thing is, is the fragrance of Jesus on your life. Spiritual authority is how you produce fruit that remains. Fruit that remains in John 15 does not come out of natural abilities. It comes out of a deeper abiding and dependency on him. And in the days ahead, you're going to see this more and more. The people that can produce or be a part of something that truly builds the kingdom and extends the kingdom is not going to be out of all of their great abilities to wow a crowd, speak, or all the things we put our confidence in. The things that people will follow now as the days get darker are the presence of Jesus on our life when we don't even know we have it. Mm. Spiritual authority is the fragrance of Jesus placed on our life because we have chosen to follow Jesus and put our confidence in his deeper work in us. As we do that, we don't even know how we get it, but he grants to us more of his presence. And you know why, Mark? Because he can trust us. Mm. If you go deeper, he can give you more, not because you earned it, but because he knows now you're more dependent on him. So one of the big mm -hmm. things in the days ahead, other forms of, of authority are out there. By the way, leadership is all about power and authority. Quit, 
Quit denying that. It's true. So authority, there's relational authority, there's knowledge authority, there's positional authority, there's expertise authority. And some of those things can get people in the room and even follow us into some skirmishes, but they won't follow us into a war. In the days ahead, in, the, in what we face, the people who truly follow us are people who become convinced that you don't know what you're doing, but you've been with Jesus. And when you've been with Jesus, it grants to you an authority to do something you can't do. It's interesting, and I'll, I'll close. I mean, I know I'm preaching on here, but when Jesus called the disciples, he said, Mark 3, come be with me, then go minister for me. Now watch this, and you'll have the authority to drive out demons. Aha, uh -huh. spiritual authority. You know what he's saying there? Come be with me, then go minister for me. By the way, discipleship is not just sitting around learning. Discipleship is doing. So as we obey, he begins to continue to make us like him. But as we depend, all of a sudden we have a power to minister for him and do the things we can't make happen no matter how much we try on our natural abilities. It's out of spiritual authority in the days ahead that significant leadership um, will actually be used to build the kingdom. How about that? Is that that's kind of long. Do you, do you need me to take an offering right now, or are you? Are we okay? <laughs> yes, yes, we can take an offering. We'll, I, I, there's people I coming the, down the front. Inside I got the, the preaching. They're coming down. They're coming down. I got. I got the preaching. Yes. Sorry about that, but anyways, yeah. Oh no, that's fantastic. I mean, I think like I know that you're coaching leaders all around the world in in different continents and different contexts yep. from countries like Australia and America, which are open to closed countries where people are dealing with this in the midst of persecution and, and yes, yes. so on. And I think that different countries are responding differently but i think you know we've got people from all different countries listening to this but i think that that message that in the midst of this there is yeah. a lesson to be learned which is more about following him when we can't trust oh, um you oh, know i just oh. noticed that absolutely there was a really interesting um article which we saw which said that time is changed in the midst of this like time hmm. every day becomes the same um uh, you know i used to say, i'm gonna in yeah. three months i want to do this event like time's gone but even i feel like god's taken that away because leaders are so much like hey here's easter we're going to kick off alpha the week after easter then we've got yep. our yep. mid-year camp yep. and then yep. i'm going to fly to that conference it's all gone yep. and yep. um there's a sense where all we can do is follow in the footsteps of jesus yeah. This has been fantastic, Terry. Uh, there's so much richness. I just really encourage what I've learned about Terry listeners is almost you will need to go back and <laughs> listen to this a couple of times because he drops truth bombs. I call them walling zingers. Um, and they come out so quickly. Like just single ones of these are life changing. So even if you listen to this twice, go back because Terry will drop profound leadership reframing comments like a machine gun. Um, so go back and listen. I, by the way, I like, you. I like zingers better than bombs. So some people have said walling yes, bombs. Zingers I, is I like zingers. Let's go with walling zingers. Zingers is That's good. Some, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so reverse and listen to the walling zingers. Well, well, bless you, Terry. And thank you so thank much. You. And, uh, uh, we'll see you all next time on the next episode of Rebuilders. A huge thank you to Terry Walling for joining Mark in that conversation. As we tend to say, it's important to go back over the recording multiple times, make sure you take notes, reflect, journal. There are so many moments where Terry speaks such deep and profound truths, encourage you to take the opportunity to seek what God might be saying to you in it. 
to help shape your personal leadership, the leadership of your families, the leadership of your households and the leadership of your churches and communities. If you want to know more about Terry Walling, there's two places you can go. You can go to terrywalling.com. There you'll find information about his books and podcasts that he has been guest on. Another site you can check out is leaderbreakthrough.com through spelled T-H-R-U. This is an initiative that was begun by Terry Walling and there are so many resources, coaching um, opportunities and training opportunities provided through this initiative that see rich kingdom leaders brought forth. So we've used a number of these resources here at Red over the years and continue to find them so helpful in forming leaders. Thank you so much for joining us. See you next time. 